up, everybody? This is another episode of 314 Punk. And um, this episode is with Chris and Brandon of Interpersonal. And these guys are awesome. They are playing a show at the Sinkhole. It's a 314 Punk show on August 7th. It's a Sunday. Uh, it's with Distant Eyes and the Produce Isle. So definitely make sure to check that out. Um, these guys are just great. I love their music. I'm a big fan. Um, it's kind of pop punk. It's kind of indie. It's a little heavy. Um, I think you'll dig it. And we're going to have a great show. So make sure to come out to the sinkhole uh, at 7.30 on August 7th. And check out their new EP on all streaming platforms. So um, I also wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who came out to the Fear Show on... July, wow, what day was it? July 23rd. Um, that was really, really cool. Um, my band got to play, and um, we got to meet Lee Ving and some of the guys from Fear. He was a super sweet dude. Uh, we did a podcast with him, so I hope you guys enjoyed the show um, or the podcast. So, And also, just make sure you take care of yourselves out there. Um, you know, we all struggle with mental health at one point in time or another and so it's important to just take time for yourself and do what you need to do to be healthy so much love enjoy this episode with interpersonal and we will see you on august 7th at the sinkhole at 7 30 p.m okay here we are once again hold on let me turn off the click track on this <laughs> Uh, I'm here with Brandon. What's up? And Chris. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all slightly, uh, it's like we're nervous already. Well, no, I was going to say, is that, is the way that you just said, you know, you said, what's up? A real peppy, what's up? And you said, hello. Is yeah. that, is that, uh, representative of your personalities, how you just did that? 100%. Yeah. I feel like it's, feel like it's indicative of, of our roles in the band, too. Yeah. You yeah. seem really laid back and you seem like the high energy. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah. the hype man, I guess. I, I can be when I when I need to be, but I don't ever really need to be because we have Brandon. So. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, this is interpersonal. Um, do you guys want to start out with, we had one Instagram question. Uh, hold on, let's turn this shit up here real quick. Okay. We had one Instagram question, and maybe we'll just start out with that real quick. Um, does your band name mean something? Is there any inspiration behind the name? That's definitely a Chris question. <laughs> yeah, and that is from so. Velvet Junkie. All right. Thank you, Velvet Junkie. Rebecca, I know who that is. Oh. Um, yeah, so I think, um, I don't think initially it had any sort of meaning. I think when we initially formed, we were kind of throwing around a lot of names. Uh, we wanted something that's kind of like short, because that's kind of like the trend now is like one word band names mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but then as we kind of got to know each other, because we are a Craigslist band, um, oh. as we got to know each okay. other, yeah, it kind of um, became more of like, who we are so a lot of the things that we um, represent in our lyrics and things like that are things that have to do with your interacting with another person and yeah things like that um, how you build relationships how relationships can fall apart and things like that so the whole idea of like interpersonal <laughs> skills and developing those and like how that part of life can be really tricky kind of became uh, a big part of who we are like individually and like as people 
Um, Brandon is the most outgoing person, probably like right next to Evan, who's our guitar player. Uh, but then Aaron and I are very much like we just kind of chill and Introvert. like we, yeah, we spoke when we're like we speak when we're spoken to and like <laughs> things like that. Um, but yeah, it kind of became um, it just uh, what, like it represents us um, as people and as a band and as lyrics now. Um, I was gonna ask you about the part about because some of your songs that from what you've the one that you just did that you did a video for uh, Faceless Art. I think that was it. The bass tryout video. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it was uh, the one before that where you guys are kind of like oh, playing. Pavement? Yeah, pavement. pavement. We're in a pavement. warehouse, yeah. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to pull it up here on my feed because, um, and I'm going to read uh, about it because uh, I thought it was really cool that like I, I'm, I really, I'm really into like that emotional intelligence um, uh, as well as just you know, interpersonal psychology, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. And I, I was going to ask if you didn't, um, but you said it already that it, it is uh, like representative of, um, you know, inter having interpersonal skills and stuff. Hold on, I got to find it. Um, what was that song about? <laughs> so um, basically that song was about a relationship I had with this person who I don't know if I would necessarily label them as narcissistic, but if there's a different word to describe false narcissism, it's that. Um, this person, basically, anytime they felt like they needed support or a backbone or basically like just a dirty rebound, I wanted something special. I wanted something meaningful with this person. And it took me five different times of giving this person a chance to be like, listen, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I can't. Mm -hmm. It's not worth my time. You're not supplying me any benefit to my life. You're not allowing me to help you grow or help us grow together because you say you want this something special, but you never prove it. You never show it. And I'm not, I'm not giving you any more chances. So basically, th there's a line in the song that says, Fifth time's a charm. Will I finally win? I don't think I want to do with deal with this shit again. Yeah, that's basically the whole premise of that song. Is like I'm done with you, like completely. You're you're not good for me, and I I don't want to be around you. Yeah, yeah. I I see. I I think that's really interesting because I mean I always liked bands that had those more reflective type of. I mean, it sounds like a little bit of a fuck you song, but a little bit, but, but it also sounds like a little bit of, Hey, I, I know my worth. I'm exactly. not going to do this. Like, and I think that that's really uh, those types of lyrics are, that are way more meaningful and deep are, that's the type of music that I gravitate towards a little bit more. And even the name interpersonal, just, um, I was drawn to that a little bit because I'm into like all self-help and, you know, uh, personal development and all that kind of stuff. So does it have anything to do with the band Turnover, though? Because I have a song called Interpersonal. It doesn't, as far as I know. Uh, Evan, our, <laughs> Evan, our guitarist, is the one who initially suggested the name. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Evan, but he... Uh, uh, just in passing. Yeah, yeah. He knows a lot of songs by a lot of bands. Um, he's the kind of person where you could just be like, uh, you know, their third album. And he's like, oh, yeah, they did that with this guy and that guy and stuff like that. So it's totally possible that he he pulled that out of something like that and was like, this is, you know, a name that's kind of stuck with me over time um, and suggested it. But um, I don't know. That would be a question for him. Yeah. So, OK, 
So he was in Treading Oceans, right? Yes. And what other and what band you were in a band before this, right? I was not in a band before this. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah, before Interpersonal, I wasn't in a band for like eight years. <laughs> so okay. Um. So, yeah. but you're in another band now too, right? Or you were? Um, I was. So I I've been kind of dabbling. So my Ooh, dabbling. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell little, me more. Like <laughs> quick personal blurb about myself. So I um I went to college for music and things like that. And you know, a couple, two, three years ago now, I was like, man, I'm not doing anything with this. I really want to play in the band. I was really um I played piano a lot and stuff like that. Um, and obviously you're choices are limited if you play piano um but i've always liked bass bass was the first instrument i ever learned and so i was like i'm gonna do that and um i found right at the trail end of treading oceans uh life they put out uh, an ad for a bass player and i went and tried out for them and i've also uh i sat in with uh, the cult sounds uh, oh, okay. for, for that's, a tiny bit that's what yeah. i was th- that's what was i was thinking about yeah they've been guests on this show before yeah yeah they're all really great jordan's really cool um they just put out a song and it's really good they did uh, yeah it's, it's I, called phantoms or something like that i don't know if it's a taboo for me to talk about that but i wrote that bass line. Oh. <laughs> i wrote that the bass part for that song um I don't know if that's weird or not, but um, I did. Uh, I wrote it with you know with their help, obviously. But um, I really like that song. I, I don't I see why they'd be mad about that. I don't know. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. But they're really cool guys, and um, I've dabbled with that. And then like I've got a couple of friends that are needing some, um, a bass player to sit in um, that will be upcoming. So. You know, it's interesting because there's people... We were talking about Travis Juck. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- it's interesting because I feel like when I was younger, like, my mentality was always, like, I want to have, like, my band that I, like, am always focused on and, like, pushing forward. But there's people like uh, like Travis is one. Mark Lyle is one who... Yeah. Um, uh, his He's in that band, The Winks, that, mm-hmm. and now just joined Discrepancies, like, where uh, kind of like... And, and, and you seem like you've done this, too, where you've kind of just, like played in a bunch of different bands and and um i mean of course you have interpersonal but Mm -hmm. like you're like hey i'll fill in i'll play here i'll play there and like that's really um like my band has like we have kind of our core group of people but if somebody can't do something we have somebody fill in and um you know that's been really fun and uh it's it's cool i know somebody like travis juck Mm -hmm. um like he wants to be that dude that's kind of like playing with a bunch of different right. people and, and doesn't want to be tied down to like one thing. And I think that's really cool. It's a, just a different mentality, you know, Yep, for sure. So tell me a little bit, of course, I know about one band that you were in prior to this, but <laughs> do, do, you, do you have any other, uh, okay. You were in another band that played with like, you were in another band before that though, right? Yeah, I was in, so I was in multiple bands. Uh, my previous band was called Lovejoy. I had a band before Lovejoy called Scarlet Summer. Um, Scarlet Summer just kind of fell apart. No pun intended. Because, Very emo name. Yeah, we, we literally, yeah, we, I, I say that no pun intended. We had a song called Fall Apart. We fell apart just because of, just. After you, I, wait, I, you, you fell apart after you wrote it, wrote it? Yes. After we, okay. yeah, we literally fell apart. Um, Is it but, one of those meta things where the song was about the band falling apart? I mean, and, if, and, if, <laughs> if the listener wants to think that, they're more than inclined to believe that. Um, but I think A Scarlet Summer was one of those bands that played a lot of shows. We had a lot of fun playing, and but I think there was just a lot of loom, room for improvement we just didn't take advantage of. And then we all just kind of did different projects after that and just decided to not do it anymore. 
One of the biggest shows, and this is going to sound really goofy, the biggest show we played was for Froggy Fresh. And uh, it was... If it was hey, if you're feeling froggy, jump. I mean, <laughs> if you don't know who Froggy, froggy Fresh is, Froggy <laughs> Fresh was this hip-hop rapper, goofy guy who was on Tosh.0. Oh, he got okay. a web redemption. He was initially called Krispy Kreme. And he's, oh, he's got and the song, the, and I know that I am the baddest of them all. He's got that. So we opened up for Froggy Fresh because Froggy Fresh wanted uh, uh, like pop punk bands to open up for him. Oh, and that's kind of so cool. like his cool. his promoters reached out to us because we were the most active at the time in the scene that people just knew of us, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to open up for Froggy Fresh?" And we're like, "Yes, sure. are you kidding me?" So yeah, I mean, there was easily like. 300 people there at that That's show awesome. it was just and it, but it was weird because there was a lot of children oh. like, a lot of eight-year-olds so so, like, it, so he his stuff is like geared towards children it's, no well it's more comedy is what okay, it's for okay. and like I, I guess he did youtube stuff too and like parents brought their kids to see him. i don't know it was weird i think there's but like, it was fun yeah there was like an inherent meme to yeah it there was well, a there had to really draws like younger okay people. other okay. other shows we did we we played for I Set My Friends on Fire. Okay. We played for um, Famous Last Words. Okay. Really, it was an old, oh, yeah. really, really popular metal band. Um, we Who else did we? We played with like a bunch of local bands too. Hard Loss, uh, this one band from Springfield that I will not ever forget because they were so good. Uh, Searching for Nostalgia. Okay. Um, That's kind of cool They name. were great. They were, oh my God. I think you would love them. You'd really love them if you gave them a chance. Uh, but yeah, we just played a bunch of so- shows and didn't do much after that. And then... Then I didn't do music for a while, and then um, the next band, Lovejoy, they reached out to me to be their singer because they heard me through a couple mutual friends, and then we went from there. Okay. Two years, then nothing happened with that band, and now I'm in this one. So Nice. Nice. Uh, What do you guys feel like, where do you, okay, so I'm just naturally a fan of your music. I saw you guys actually play, I think it was one of your first shows at Sinkhole, um, I think it was like it, your first EP release, right? Um, we never got to play an official one. I mean, it might have been the show right before that or the one right after that. Because our, our first album released in like February of 2020. Okay. And so we never got to play a release show. <laughs> this probably was, ooh, this probably was 2019. Okay. Yeah. So that might have been the show that we played right before that. It was um, with a band called Right Quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So um, one of my really good friends is the drummer of Right now Quick too. Uh, name it now. Oh yeah, name it well. now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Right Quick, cool. Yeah. So uh, I was at that show, and uh, yeah, I think it was like December 2019, maybe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we played that show, and then we had another one booked like four months later, and then yeah, I was the end of the world. Uh, I was going through some shit in my life <laughs> at that time. So yeah. Uh, what'd you say? I said, and then the, the end of the world happened. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> then, yeah. It's it's coming back. Okay, like oh, yeah, I think it's like normal now. I mean, it it feels that way, but COVID is still. I got COVID on our last weekend run. Like really? I yeah, yeah I went, on the way home, like I started feeling sick, and I was like, oh shit. The next like next day, I had to call into work, and then I found I took a test, and I had COVID, and our bass player got it too, but like our drummer Travis and the other and our, uh, the guitarist Steven they didn't get it and we were in a van together for 20 hours okay. so how they dodged it i have no yeah, idea I, 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 but I, I, keep, I keep making the joke that i don't think i could get covid if i tried i've had it twice <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. like I, i've been around so many people that have tested positive i've literally a while not, well i say this a while ago this was a long time ago probably about a year and a half ago 
I literally was drunk at a bar and made out with a girl who had COVID. And I oh. didn't know she had COVID. Like, and I was like, this is... And then I then after that, after that happened, I did not get COVID one time. So did you... Uh, uh, okay, you don't have to answer this if you... Do, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, and I can edit it out. But do you smoke weed? I used to. Okay. I don't anymore because I'm about to get this new job. I've heard that, like, if you, if you smoke weed, that, like, the... Something with your, like, endocannabinoid cannabinoid uh the receptors like it fights covid better I've, because I've it's in the lungs that. i've I, heard that but i can't i don't know I, how true that I, is I, I i i'm a little bit of a weed smoker myself mm-hmm. and like i was like oh you know how did i get it then and you know so it just i don't know i uh, i won't name names but i know <laughs> nurses that uh were in covid units and stuff like that and i know nurses who know nurses that were in covid units and there might be a little bit of truth to that. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't know if any of them ever got COVID. Um, I know a couple of them did, but like way after you would expect somebody who was working in a COVID unit to get COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like yeah. a year oh, yeah. later. And yeah. it's like, okay. Oh, my sister, my sister worked in like a respiratory. Uh, she was a respiratory therapist and mm. she, uh, she got it pretty early on. Yeah. yeah just because, you know you're around it all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, I feel like COVID is still a thing. Obviously the numbers are going up. It's a weird thing. And we don't have to talk about this too much, but like <laughs> the COVID, co- COVID yeah. still exists. It's yeah. still a sickness oh, that you sure. can get. But like now that there's all these home tests, like less and less people are reporting their results. Like I didn't, I didn't report that I got COVID. So less people are going to like urgent care and hospitals and stuff to like report that whether or not they've gotten it. So it seems like the numbers are down, mm-hmm. but more, but people are getting it. Yeah. Like, you oh, know, people sure. are still getting, people are still getting it. And I feel like it's one of those things that like, you know, you, it, we're just going to have, if you, if you go to a show and there's 300 people there, then you're just going to have to take the risk that you might get COVID. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I, I think personally it's, it's, I think it's going to be around forever. I mean, in one way or another, like, I don't think it's going to be fully eradicated, but I think there's going to be treatments and, like, you know, boosters it'll and get shots. Better, yeah. where it'll get better. It's where it, almost kind of like the flu where you, you don't have to worry about, you know, just, hey, just stay home and, and feel better. But, yeah. like, shutting everything down because, oh, I have COVID. I, it, the vaccinations yeah. help, too. Now, they, oh, yeah. Now you're yeah, not yeah. on your deathbed if you yeah. get it. Like, when I got it, I just felt kind of tired for, like, yeah, three my days. Arm, and my arm like, kind of <laughs> hurt for a couple days, but that was that. Oh, for the vaccination? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I meant from COVID, yeah. Dude, oh, my, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was just I, tired My days. case was actually pretty, I mean, it like, I, there's different variants, I know. Yeah. So, like, my case was pretty brutal. Like, <laughs> I was, I was the first couple of days, like, I woke up in the middle of the night shaking and, like, you know, it was just, it was pretty bad. I Like, and then... I slept for like 20 hours one day. Oh, like I just, cause I, your body needs to fight it off, you yeah, know? Right. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, it was like, but it was literally like on the third day he rose from the dead. On the third day I started feeling a little yeah. bit better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I started feeling a little bit better and I, I still worked. I took one day off work and I was able to work the rest of the time. Yeah. You know, it reminds so. me of that meme from uh, Drake and Josh where it's the episode of Drake and Josh where they get stuck in the clubhouse and Josh looks at Drake and goes, Drake, where's the door? Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, they, they, they memed that. They took like a, like a, that, that picture and it's like, Drake, where's the son of Christ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. So I, I'm... I'm definitely into your music. I've listened to you. I listen to your EP. I listen to your first EP. Um, like, where do you guys feel like? Um, you know, I, I definitely hear a little bit of emo, 
but you've also got some chuggy parts in there and like and I like that too. Um, you've got some kind of like stuff that's a little bit pop punk. Like it, it's kind of hard for me to classify you guys. I'd say emo slash pop punk slash punk. You know, yeah. like what? How would you guys? Uh, what are some of your favorite bands, and where do you draw inspiration from musically? Um, personally, as a band, what about interpersonally? Yeah, oh, <laughs> touche, sir. Um, I think the biggest comparison we get is the story so far, um, and story of the year too, probably story of the year as well. Um, I think a lot of those bands, I mean, Story So Far, Knuckle Puck, Hog Mulligan, like those yeah. kinds of bands are um, musically where a lot of our inspiration comes from. Um, and I think, I can't speak for Evan, but I think where a lot of his inspiration comes from because he writes the majority of the music. Um, and then we'll like, you know, come together and like change bits and, you know, add uh, different arrangements and things like that. Um, personally, I come from the, like a little bit more of the heavier sides of things. I listened to my foray into pop punk was kind of like around, uh, like the metal side and from easy core into pop punk. So, um, like a day to remember four early, years early, strong. a day to remember four years strong chunk. No captain chunk. Uh, what, what does this mean to you? I hate this town. It's, it's so, so messed up. And all my friends it's good. don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's good stuff. That was like that was like that's like one of those um, classics. You're yeah. just never gonna forget that. Oh yeah. Personally, a day to remember's discography is one of the greatest tragedies oh. of our time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you feel uh, like it just gets worse and it worse? It gets worse and worse. Personally, from my musical taste, I'm that sure a lot of people. That song is like, good though. Yo, no, that that. Common Courtesy is the best album. Common, I just, I uh, mean, well, Homesick is also. Oh, yeah. Homesick is good, but personally, me, Common Courtesy. Yeah, better. I feel like Homesick is the is the one that like the really quintessential. Broke them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that and then like I still listen to like a lot of hardcore bands. Every time I die is my favorite like all time band. Okay. Um, so when I'm writing and like when I'm pitching ideas and things like that, I like having a lot of energy and I like having I like having moments. Um, because I. The way I liken it is when somebody is trying to describe a song to their friend and they don't know the name of it, they're always like, it's the one that has that part that goes. And I want every song to have some sort of part like that. So that's recognizable. And you're like, oh, this is the one with like that like ends on the really chunky part. Or this is the one where like they do that break at the end. Or, or the one that like starts that. out like, exactly. Like, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And. I, that's how I like to write and things like that. So th those are, and I feel like a lot of hardcore bands, um, like uh, Knocked Loose and stuff like that. Like they have a lot of like arf arf. Yeah, <laughs> everybody, nobody knows Knocked Loose, but you play that like beginning scrape of oh, Counting yeah. Worms, and everybody's like, I know this song. And so I, I that's what I kind of go for. Um, so I think that's kind of where a lot of music writing and stuff happens for me. I think a lot of the things that we come up with together, um, like when we're in like a songwriting um, scenario, is stuff like that, where it's like, how can we differentiate this from some of the other songs we've written? What is like the big arrival or like the moment for this uh, song? I'll shut up now. Yeah, I think for me, uh, <laughs> for me, what makes me most about most excited about this project is that I bring a lot of like a poppier kind of aspect, because I didn't, you know, get involved in the pop punk scene until my junior year of high school. And even then, I wasn't super big on it. Because, like, the first band I was in, I was 16, and I quit after, like, a month because I was like, hey, it's not for me. And so going from that, I was like, I, I grew up on, like, when I was 16, like, A Day to Remember, you know, Knuckle Puck, 
modern baseball, stuff like that, Moose Blood. And even before then, before I started listening to pop punk, I listened to like, you know, just classic pop, like songs on the radio, like Andy Grammer, Gavin DeGraw, stuff like that. And what makes me most excited about this project is just the possibilities are endless for the kind of music that we could come up with because there's so many different elements that we bring to the table. Like there's pop punk, there's pop, there's metal, there's grunge, there's you name it. And so bringing forth that, you know, we we have a lot of things that we could do and a lot of things that we are doing in the future that are that I'm really looking forward to. And just, you know, because you mentioned, you know, what what's your sound or what you what, what would we describe this as? I'm like, well, right now we're just kind of everything. Yeah, we, we literally for all for all I know, we could make like a really heavy song like like uh, a day to remember just put out this new song. Uh, I don't a miracle. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I've heard. I oh, have. I don't man. think I've heard it yet. Oh but I, man, that song's so good. We could do a song like that, you know, minus the screaming. Like I don't personally like screaming, but I will do it if it calls for it. I sure. think because a lot of the songs that I write lyrics for, if it calls for me to scream there, because of the emphasis on the meaning of that, oh, I absolutely will. Yeah, I, I, I think that's cool, man. Like, I've definitely, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a screamer either, but like sometimes on certain parts, it's like, okay, this needs a little bit of ah, you know, like, like, like how in, uh, in, in we were talking about pavement earlier, uh, our song pavement. There's the, the middle verse where it's like, I don't, I don't think I want to deal with this again. Well, I have a scream there because that's like I'm saying like, hey, listen, I'm tired of this. I have to put emphasis and emotion on this, and that's where the scream comes out at. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I loved what you said about moments in music. Um, I think that way too. I think like, oh, I, if there's a certain part in this song, I want people like this is a really memorable moment, and I feel like I I could go through my band's EP and and pick out like certain parts, you know, or or I love when people are telling me like uh, we had a. a our uh, <clears throat> drummer Matt Jackson filled in in for us on a tour, and he was like, "Oh, this was one of my favorite moments on the whole album." I like that he used the word "moment" because it's like, "Oh, well, uh, that's a good way to put it." It's, or I, I think of it as more like a part, you know, yeah. like, "Oh, this part's really cool." Or like, I also like to write moments or parts where I know, like, "Oh, well, this part we're gonna really like when we play live, we're re gonna really like jump mm -hmm. around, and this will be like a real bouncy jump around song." You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, where if you if you heard that on sometimes it's hard to capture that energy on a recording, but I think that's why it's like oh well I'm gonna play it like when I play this live like you know um, yeah it's just it's yeah one on of those the things. on the topic of you know like moments in, on our song pavement yeah that moment when thing. we yeah <laughs> we uh, when me and Evan were working on that because before we even released pavement and started working on it it was just a little scratch demo and i was you know just sitting there writing lyrics and i was like you know i'm gonna write this song about this well the part where it's dun, 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 the dun, seven four the part, seven, four part yeah. dude, like that is a moment because it's oh, it I starts it, yeah. it starts soft and then you just move bang, and then it's just a whole band that that's one of those things where you can look at it as a moment, and then the crowds just jump in and moshing and having yeah. a good time. That's a know. sick riff too. It, yeah. Oh my god, it is. Evan's really good at writing riffs. For sure. <clears throat> we do I, that, yeah. Um, at the end of um, our song "Busted Canvas" as well, on oh the, the my new EP, god. the whole ending, this um, the song that like everything kind of cuts out and it's like nanny, 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 and like the end of it, like we do like gang vocals and things like that. None of that existed when the song when the demo was written and like all of that was coming mm. together. And we, we wrote it with the intention, like, oh, this is going to be a really good closer. Evan is going to just play those two notes, and it's going to give Brandon an opportunity to talk to people, like, hey, guys, like, 
this is the end of the set. Like, this is your last moment to get all that energy out. So, like, everybody, come on, like, get close. And he can just rock that for as long as it needs. And then it kind of comes in with that. So, like, that's always at the forefront when we're writing music is, like, these moments and these, these things that will make the songs memorable. Because there's nothing worse than just listening to a band where all the songs sound exactly mm -hmm. the same. And you're like... I couldn't pick one out from the other, you know, if you ask me, like, which one was your favorite? It's like, I, don't, yeah, I like the gonna, one with the guitar. I don't know. I'm not going like, to lie. Busted Canvas is probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written. It's a good one. Sport. Hell yeah. Not because really when, we record, we, when we were recording it, like the ending part where it's just the, all the whole da 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 part, I was like, Evan, I feel like there needs to be something else in here. Like, I feel like there needs to be a lead riff in there. And that when he started recording it, I was like, maybe just like a da 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 thing or whatever it was. And I was like, when he was recording recording it, listening to it just from the actual like experience in the recording part, I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. Goosebumps. And then Always when we heard it when we heard the final product back, I literally couldn't stop listening to that song. Yes. Yeah. Because then at the end when it dies out, we all have gang vocals where we sing the chorus again. It's literally the the structure and the writing process for the lyrics of that song just flows so well and that's why it's one of my favorite pieces I've ever written. Hell yeah. And I, I will brag about that song at any time. And we've even had talks about adding like a stage guitarist to fill in on those lead like parts to, to make it to make it like fuller, make it mm -hmm. sound cooler. Let me know. And yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. an ongoing conversation. Yeah. that we, we've had. No, uh, oh, I mean, you can always do backing tracks. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. can always have that. that mm -hmm. Just get that stem and give mm -hmm. it to him, and you know. But uh, uh I, I something that you said that I I've said this on the podcast before is like. I think it's good to be hyped on your own shit. Mm -hmm. If if you're if you listen to something like you know there's I think almost every song on the EP that we released like uh, we had a song where we had a female guest vocalist um, and when I got that back I was like I I almost uh, it brought tears to my eyes and not not and I I don't want it to sound egotistical but it's like it's just you're proud mm -hmm. of something that you made that turned out way better than you thought it. That, that then you envisioned it, and I also think like if you don't like your own music, then I, I feel like you should you should write until you like it so much that you want to listen to it all the time, and that's when you know that other people are really gonna like it. And if you don't really want to listen to it all the time, then maybe like yeah, just keep going, you know, yeah. keep going until you do, because I I feel like that's for me that's the litmus test. Like if we all really like this song, and if the guys in my band are like, because I do most of the writing on my own and I, if I send it to the guys and they're like that's a really fucking good song like I can't stop listening to it then I'm like okay we're, we're recording it then you know right. like yeah. I really think that you should be hyped on your own shit like, yeah. and like when we wrote Faceless Heart um, Faceless Heart is one. I, it, it's not I, I personally don't think it's my favorite song on the album but it's definitely the second or third um, when we wrote that and we had that as the demo I was like, okay, this is a fast-paced song. I'm just going to kind of write it as like, it's an, an F you song, kind of. Um, but it wasn't d directed towards one individual person or group of people or whatnot. It was just kind of like about life, you know? Sure. And when we had this other demo, um, it was just like a, like a minute-long guitar track. The dun -dun 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 and I was like, I was listening to it a couple times, and I'm like, Evan, are we thinking about making this like a full song? And he goes, I'm not sure. What do you think? And I was like, I want you to hit record, and I want you to trust me on this one. He's like, okay. Um, so he plays the track, hits record on the demo, and I went, bless all your graces. And then 
that song was recorded as a demo after we did Faceless Heart, and Evan went, you lyrical fucking genius. <laughs> I was like, you because, old because in the, lyrical in the, fuck you. Because we, we, we wrote Faceless Heart before we wrote the lyrics for that, and in the chorus of Faceless Heart, it's bless all your graces and show your faceless heart. And I was like, this could be just an intro song to Faceless Heart. Yeah. And that's what that's what it ended the, up. Yeah, the intro that's what song. It, of oh yeah. So when and, and when we before we released the the album before we released the EP, you know, my, people like me, you know, my mom would always come to our shows and she'd be like, I really like that Faceless Heart song. She's like, that's a really long song. It starts off real slow, and I'm like, oh, mom, just wait, <laughs> just you wait and see what this song's really. So then when she heard the album for the first time, she's like, that was a whole other song. And I'm like, bless your heart, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite things, kind of touching on something that you talked about, is like the like the kind of natural high you get of like getting the song sent to you or sending the song and being like, this song's awesome. One of my favorite things about being in this band is that happens like five different times throughout the writing process. Yeah. So like yeah, we'll get yeah, the demo yeah, yeah. and we're like, that's sick. It'll have some like just demo drums. We show up to practice. Aaron has written this amazing drum part. Oh my god! And it happens again. You're like, oh I'm god. rehyped on this. Yeah. Song. When 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 we wrote pavement, like we didn't have drums on the demo at all, and we so like we just practiced the dan 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 and I was like, okay, you're shallow and pathetic. And then Aaron comes in. And I'm just like, what was that? The first time we ever played it together, like as a full band, I was like, dude, that was incredible. Like, I did not see that coming at all. We like won't hear the drums until a practice. That's what I like about Aaron is like he he can he's such an amazing drummer. He literally can write some crazy stuff. He's the best musician in the band, like bar easily. Um, I hope. He doesn't mind me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I would say it's the same with our uh, with our band as well. Our drummer has he's just an animal on the drums. Mm-hmm. I mean, super technical, like just knows his shit. You know, like yeah. I I record everything on like kind of going with what you were saying that that happens multiple times in the process. Like mm-hmm. I record stuff on GarageBand and I just have like automated programmed drums, mm-hmm. and and so I'm kind of just like going with oh well this is the tempo that I want or like. A somewhat similar beat, you know, and then when he and I learn the song together, and I'll be like, "Well, this part's like dun 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 dun," like we will, he'll accent that, mm-hmm. which I can't really do on here yet. I just haven't gotten that far into like the process of programming drums. Yeah. So then, like hearing it recorded like in a studio is like, oh, this is way better than the demo version mm-hmm. because like, Hez came in and. Yeah. Fucked with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Aaron is, man. Like, he'll... Um, it might sound weird, but I'm not used to playing with drummers that have, like, parts. Like, I wrote this part where I could write the sheet music out and I could write my exact fill down that I'm doing. Um, especially, like, fills and stuff like that. He'll Hell just yeah. have it. And, like, we, we record with Gabe here. And he'll, like... He'll run this one part, like, five or six times. And he changes something. I don't know what he changes, but he just changes this little subtle thing. He's like, no, I don't really like on that beat. I think I should hit this drum instead of that drum. And it just cracks me up because... He's like, okay, yep. They're like, sure, man. <laughs> Go like, ahead. Awesome. He's such a perfectionist. And I feel like if you want any any member of your band to be a perfectionist, it's probably drummer. your drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I feel like the drummer, the drums oh, can always make a band so much better. You yeah. know, like... It's, I mean... Look, it, at, I mean, look at Travis Barker. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, look at he's all doing the all, everything right now. Yeah, look like, at uh, like Kenny Hoopla, Machine Gun Kelly. Like he's on all these albums, yeah. and 
And if if you just had a like kind of run of the mill like beat behind that, that's why I'm so excited about pop punk right now is because you know you, you got people like MGK and Black Bear about to release more pop punk albums yeah. like Black Bear. Black Bear is one of my favorite artists probably of all time because I, I've listened to him since he was in the Duo Mansions with okay. uh, what's his. Uh, Oh man, what's his name? He does the if I could write you a song, make you fall in love. What's that? Oh, what's his name? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't. I can't name drop. I'm really bad. I don't it. know what his name is, but he was in a duo project called Mansions, and he did hip hop and shit like that. And then he started going more towards pop, and now he's about to put out a pop punk album. Yeah. And that's why, like, I'm so excited about pop punk right now because there's these bigger people who are more, you know, popular who are giving it a chance, and it's making it. I wouldn't say it's making it easier. It's just making it more listenable. More, yeah. More people are like, I like this. People yeah. are like, oh man, MGK did this. What's this band? Oh, I yeah. like this. Sounds like MGK. People are more likely to yeah. seek it out now. Right. Exactly. And that's um, that's why I like yeah. pop punk so much right now. For sure. Yeah, I, I think like you know somebody that that listens to like a more mainstream artist, they might start going down the rabbit <laughs> hole and be like, oh, I mean, I mean, even back in the day, for me, it was like some of the bands that got me into it were like you know, Green Day and The Offspring because mm-hmm. they were played on the radio. And then when I kind of started getting into them, I was like, um, you know, those were the bigger bands that were kind of on MTV and uh, like 105.7 The Point and stuff like that. But if you bought their CD, you might find out, oh, in the liner notes or something, oh, look at all these other bands that they played with. Like, maybe I should check them out too, the smaller ones, you know? So I definitely, I, I, I hear you on that for mm-hmm. sure. Those uh, Pop Goes Punk albums. Oh, jeez. That was oh, my, yeah. my musical awakening. <laughs> <laughs> those and, like, same, yeah. uh, and get, like, Guitar Hero 3. Like, those are my big ones where I'm like, oh, yeah. I, oh man, there's cause... this whole genre of music that I knew nothing about. Yeah, when, when We Came as Romans did Glad You Came. Oh, my That was a good God. one. That, was, really that good. one was my favorite one on that on those albums. So what do you guys have? So, so okay. You guys are playing this 314 Punk show. Thank you so much for doing that. I of really course, appreciate yeah. it. Uh, that's it's a great it's a great bill. I have some sad news, but the touring band um, Halfway Atlantic had to drop. Oh, I just found that out today. God, no yeah. way. Uh, but oh. we've got the produce aisle. I don't know if you've heard them. I've, I've listened I to listened them. to all three of the bands. Very good. They are all fantastic. Uh, you guys, interpersonal. Who else did I put on that? Um. Distant, uh, distant, distant eyes. Yes, distant eyes. Distant eyes. Yes, those. It's it's they a great local so lineup great. already. Mm-hmm. When I when I looked up distant eyes on Apple Music and stuff like that, I, I I saw their like genre was metal, but then I listened to the first song and I was like, what is this? This is <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, because it doesn't start metal. It starts kind of poppy, and I'm like, dude, I love this. Yeah. And then I listened to Halfway Atlantic. I'm like. This go- this is gonna be an insane show. Like yeah. th- these are all great I'm really bands. Excited. The band that I was most excited about, though, after listening to them, even though they only got two songs, was the Produce Isle. Yes, because yeah. I fucking love Math Rock, and they have like a heavy version of Math. Yeah, Rock, and it's insane. Yeah. They're so good. They're very talented. Yeah, very talented musicians. They've been on the podcast before too. Oh my so. goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely. I'm really really excited about that show. Uh, but other than that. Was guys, there is there anybody that's going to replace Halfway Atlantic? Maybe, hmm. maybe. We'll, mm-hmm. give two. I like the suspense. We can talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't All know. Right. I I really don't. I'm not hiding anything. Like I just I literally 
just found out about that today, uh, and then we had that show this weekend, so like I haven't really even had time to man, think about like, anything, yeah. think about who or what or if, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with those three bands, I mean, I feel like it would be a great, great show. show yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, uh, it's Sunday afternoon, uh, so, you know, and we might, we might, I think maybe we're starting, are we maybe starting that one a little early? I don't know. I can't remember, but... Um, what else do you guys have coming up? So you just put out this EP. Are you, do you getting ready to go back into the studio? Are you writing? Are you just kind of playing? Yeah, right now we are uh, we are writing a little bit. We have all been in talks of to of doing like a, an acoustic kind of album, which is what we're doing right now. We're self-producing of new songs or new songs. Okay, yes, new, very new, like new songs. What we're planning on doing and going back to the topic of you know I I bring like pop elements to the band and stuff like that. What we're doing for this album is we're doing like an acoustic kind of self-produced album with like acoustic guitars, piano, like some really nice ambient reverb, electric, stuff like that. It's really simple. But the amount of songs that are going to be on it, we we don't know yet. We can make it like a five-song EP or we can make it a full full long, long EP, like 12 songs, 13, 14. I don't know. The possibilities are endless. That's that's what we're doing as far as writing, and then after that, we actually have a very, very, very big show coming up on September 24th that we're all very excited about. Um, we are actually going to be playing on Point Fest this year. Oh, sick! Okay, my our favorite my favorite follower uh, is still the waitress at Denny's. We went to Point Fest. Oh my god. And we were there, and it was pouring down rain, so they postponed oh, it. I forgot so about the waitress went to Denny's, and Denny's. And the, the, <laughs> the waitress was asking us about, like, hey, what are you guys, you know, like, what are you guys out? And we're just like, oh, yeah, we're sad about Point Fest. And she's like, oh, are you guys playing? Or are you guys going? And are like, oh, we're playing it. And she, like, took out her phone and, like, followed us on the spot. Oh, and that's so cool. We, like, screenshotted it, and we was like, this is our number one fan right here. It was great. Um, Careful, Brandon. This thing is falling over. Yeah, yeah, just, just kind of tilt it back a little bit. Push it. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, just kind of, kind of. But yeah, the only thing like go. hardcore on Sorry the books right that. now is right. is that. Um, I think I got it. Wait, it, it's not a good like. <laughs> uh, that cushion needs to kind of like go up a little bit. Here. Did I get it? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fix yeah, it. Later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it fell on me. I was like, "What is happening? Um, <laughs> what are you doing wrecking my studio?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got those two shows, and as far as writing, I'm I'm really excited. It's. I don't know if it's an official title, but it's like basement sessions, basically. Yeah. And the main purpose of it is to allow everybody to kind of like... Um, it's artistic. It's artistic, and it's kind of allowing everybody to just kind of like get some of the music out of their system that mm-hmm. normally wouldn't fit with yeah. like our normal stuff. I like that. Um, so like we're doing, like you mentioned, like a lot of like slower piano stuff. I'm really excited. We don't, I don't know if anybody's like locked in yet, but we're having a bunch of different uh, guest vocalists from different bands. Okay. Our friend, um, uh, our friend Sarah is locked in for sure. Gallon? From Treading Oceans. Yes. Okay. Um, I love her. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool. Um, um, we might get Dylan Becker from DCD. He and I oh, were okay. in talks um, a couple days ago. I'm not, it's nothing certain with that just yet. Um, we have been in talks with our friend Ben Johnson from Goaltender. Okay. Yeah, um, I love Goaltender. Love yeah. Um, who else? Um, oh, our, our my friend, personal. Like, um, his name's Rob Grounds. He runs a, uh, a studio out of Farmington. Okay. And he's very, very talented. Like, he's a great singer. He has a bunch of bands he's been in. Um, he put out a song, like, a few years ago. I don't know how long it was ago. But he made a song with a uh, feature of Kellen Quinn. Okay. And, yeah, we might get him on there um 
and yeah, in turn maybe get talking a little, to all these people. Yeah, so but, it's still in talks right now, but nothing's set in stone except for Sarah. Sarah's for sure down to do. Yeah, um, yeah, Sarah's awesome. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it. I mean, we've been talking about doing a, a like a, a mini run or two, like going northeast or down to Texas, one of the two. I would love to go to Texas because I personally we, have a bunch of friends down Yeah, in we Texas. weirdly have a lot of fans mm-hmm. from Texas. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I have a friend, but... <laughs> named, I have a friend named Haley. Um, she sent me a video of her singing pavement the other day and i just felt like that was the coolest thing i've ever oh, yeah. seen pretty cool because uh, for one again it's again for one she's in texas which is not the same state as us and she's like <laughs> singing my music song, a song that i wrote yeah. which is it's yeah. such a good feeling listening to people like singing your songs absolutely and she keeps telling me like if you come to texas come to texas i will be there i'll be in the front row i'll be like i'll throw somebody in the mosh pit i'm like <laughs> i would love because she's like a five foot three girl and she's not like big at all she's like i'm gonna fucking throw somebody and i'm like i would love that well the cool i think the cool thing about texas is is once you get kind of down to like dallas you can do you can play like from what i know because um, i'm actually in the process of booking some stuff going down there too uh you know you're you really have like you're only two hours away from like Austin. You know, you can play a couple different places yeah. within just a couple hours away, and um, you know, not have to have these six-hour drives in between. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you know, once you—I mean, getting down there can be kind of tough. But like, once you get down there, it's not too bad. And and um, it's—I lived in Texas for a year when I was younger, and um, you know, it's everything's really spread out. So like, you know, you can play a place that's like an hour away from Dallas and people will still show up. It's yeah. not like here where if you played an hour away, like, you know, maybe not very many people would show up, but you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's a big enough populated area. Yeah. That's what I'm saying that like, you know, and it's spread out enough that I think you can, you can do a lot within a few days of being down there. So that's awesome. I, I yeah. Um, best of luck to you guys with that. As I love, um, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Like I love, being out of the road. I love just going to new places and, um, you know, here it's kind of like if, I mean, you guys have been doing this for a few years. Like, um, my band's been doing it for a few years. Like here, you know, you kind of get, uh, out to the people that are in your immediate sphere of influence and the people that kind of know you and your friends and your friends of your friends that like come to your shows. And it's like, you know, but when you go out, you're playing to people who most of the time don't know you, or maybe they've looked you up on Spotify before, you know, if they were coming to the show, they may be like, oh, who's Wes Hoffman? Who's Interpersonal? They might come to the show and be like, oh, yeah. You know, we had a few people like that on our last run that were like, oh, we knew you were coming, so we've been listening to your stuff all week. And then we showed up and they knew the words. And it's like, That's oh, crazy. wow, That's these cool. two little goth kids in Nashville know <laughs> my music. What the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> You know, I mean, and, and they were like singing along and shit, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's like, cool. it's. I mean, that's a normal thing here because people know who we are. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you go somewhere else, it's really cool to, to see that. So mm-hmm. best of luck to you guys with that. Yeah, thanks. thanks. For sure. Anything else you want to share or what? Uh, do you guys play video games? Or anything, anything um, like that? Or? I, yes. I personally don't because I, I just I work every day. Basically. I think I might be the only one in the band that plays video games. And yeah, I don't even Aaron, really Aaron play and Evan it. really just have kids. So I don't feel yeah, like I was they, say, oh, they have kids. Yeah, I would say Evan plays with like okay. his kids. He's got like a Switch and stuff. Um 
There's a new game that came out called Stray where you get to play as a cat. <laughs> I've heard about that. that. That game is <laughs> sick. It's on PlayStation? It's on PlayStation. Yeah, so I've, I've heard cool about looking. that. I haven't played it. I only have so a Switch. Good, so. it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, if you don't like um, like walking simulator type games, then you might not like it. <laughs> um, but I really like those kinds of games. Because you're just walking it's through. Literally, you're like, just yeah, playing I mean, there's, as a cat. There's like mild puzzles, but it's, like it's not anything. You can like play with yarn. Where you're gonna it's like more of a relaxing type. It's more of a relaxing. It's like the game Slope. It's a ski game. It's or well, a ski. It's like a so it's a game that it's the the purpose of it is you're just a a snowboarder or a skier and you just go down these mountain slopes and doing flips and shit. Yeah. And there's like no real purpose to it. There's no goals. You just go snowboarding. Yeah. Me Me and my old roommate Drew, we used to we used to get high and I would watch him play that video game and he we'd like turn on like Wildlife a song. It was a it was a song called Lightning Tent and such a great song. And he'd play that song while list, like going down the slopes, and I'm just on the couch, just couch lock, and I'm just like, <laughs> just straight faced, just yeah. zonked. But I'm like, I feel like I'm on this mountain, yeah, because of course, because I'm under the elements. <laughs> but it's such, it's a fun Nothing game. Wrong with that. It's <laughs> relaxing. It's relaxing, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like early in the pandemic, um, everybody was all about. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Animal yeah. Crossing, yes. Because it was yeah. like this relaxing thing that like mm-hmm. kept people's mind off of... I was playing this game called um, Cuphead. You ever heard of that? Yeah. I've, have, you, have you played Cuphead? I've played Cuphead. I've seen Cuphead Just be played. The art style alone is enough. To oh, like yeah. That's what drew me in. Yeah. But the thing I, uh, that I like about it, and I actually just... They put out like some new, new portion of the map, like some downloadable content um, that I just got. The thing that I like about it, and I think that people... The, what this is a thing that people don't like about it, but I do, um, is that, like, dying in that game is part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you are going to be... You you don't know what... To, like, you have this boss fight, and the mm-hmm. boss takes up the entire screen. You're going to die, like, pretty a much lot. right away. <laughs> because you need to get to know... Like, and this is how games were when I was a kid. You need to get to know the pattern of the boss, what he's going to do, what he or she's going to do, like, uh, what's going to happen... Like, and there's different stages for each one. So, like, dying, you know, then you get to the very end and you're like, oh, okay, what's this? Li- I'm on this boss right now. This, this boss is taking me, like, three days. Because I I just keep dying and dying and dying until I get to a certain point, And I just keep getting further and further and further until yeah. I know what, until he's predictable. And then, like, eventually I'll get to the point where I beat it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the first boss on the new downloadable content took me, like, two and a half hours. Wow. Really? Yeah, and like, <laughs> but I think pe- that's why people get so frustrated with it because they're like, I just keep dying all the time. I'm yeah. like, that's part of that's the, the game. Point. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, know, there's like, like a whole market for that. All the Dark Souls games and stuff. That's kind of like <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with. That's Dark what Souls. it's missed for. Like, you're supposed <laughs> to get your shit pushed in for a long time, and then eventually you like. Or what all was right, it? Um, now I need to roll. There's like, and there's like uh, rage <laughs> games. There was a what was it called, man? <laughs> Did you guys ever play D and D? I, dude, I personally I've, did not. I've wanted to for so long. I've never played either, and I've but always kind of I've wanted to. Finding a group of people like yeah. that dedicated. I mean, now I'm sure it would be easy because I'm sure like there's a Facebook group of like St. Louis D and D fanatics dot com or whatever. Um, I just haven't, but I, I really want to. I feel like it'd be really easy now with Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Oh um, my god. Yeah. I mean, these are like uh, these these campaigns though last like. Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, see, when I was, I grew up like in religion, and um, I was always taught that it was like demonic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Same. I mean? I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch Harry Potter, so yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, now that I'm older, I'm like, this is just a game. Like, right. let's play. Let, right. You know, it's it actually seems like 
really fun and imaginative and like you yeah. know like I I wish and I mean when I, I was a kid in the 80s when it was kind of like po- mm-hmm. yeah I mean now it's still popular but like it was still kind of new and popular you uh, know so I've always kind of wanted to play but I've never I never got into it yeah. the so. game I'm most excited for and it, it's gonna be a while until it gets here is the Resident Evil 4 remake oh, oh. I loved Resident, Resident Evil 4. 4. I'm not kidding. I know that game like the back of my hand. Yes, yeah. dude. That had some really good boss fights. Yes, it did. Yes, El it Gigante. Did. El, El Gigante. Yeah. Yes. And then, like, there was the one. Chainsaw uh, Guy, Dr. Uh, Salvador. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, there was one um, in, I think it's Resident Evil 4, where you go out into a boat and there's, like, a zombie yeah. fish. And yeah, you have to, uh, like, hit it with De- spears. Del Lago. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, like, it, it, like, tips over your boat and you have to, like, hit, you know, like, had those uh, cut screen, uh, like, you know, go to events. Yeah, yeah, yeah real time yeah. events where it's like, uh, and you have to hit a button and tap it, and like, you know, oh, dude, that game was so good. It was literally, it's still probably the best game yeah. that had at, at, ever in that franchise. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Abs- absolutely. And, and the remake, I, I just hope they don't do us dirty with this remake. And if they're gonna change some things, which I've heard a rumor, I don't know if it's true, but there's a rumor that Krauser is not in the remake. And if that is true, and because the, what they're talking about is, is is it's not Krauser, but it's Luis Serra in replace of Krauser. So mm-hmm. like you have the whole that you have the same Luis Serra story where he's this you know rogue guy helping Leon, but then at the end he turns on him and gets this like Las Plagas and becomes what Krauser was. I'm like if that's g- gonna be what happens, they just better not screw it up because Krauser is like a drastic part of the Resident Evil story in the first one because he's the one who kidnapped Ashley in the first place. So you, I just feel like you can't take Krauser out. I didn't know completely. you were this passionate about. I love Resident <laughs> Evil Four, man. That oh, is literally my yeah. favorite game. It's so game. good. It's, it's so literally good. my favorite game. Yeah, that was one of the first. So at the time that that came out, I played it on GameCube. Oh my god! And, and I forgot that was on GameCube. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. I played it on GameCube, and uh, I was actually living with my parents at the time. Uh, I was getting like I was kind of in between. Like I had. I had gotten an apartment and then me and my girlfriend broke up and I moved out and like, you know, but like, so I moved back in with the parents for a little, for like a summer and I was playing it a lot and my buddy would come over and we'd just get like a six pack of beer and drink and talk about it and like play the game and he'd just like watch me and give me like uh, tips on like, oh, maybe you should get the shotgun, you know, and like how much money, like, cause you could like buy all the, mm-hmm. you get money to buy like different weapons and yeah. upgrade them and shit. And, um, then sometimes I would play it by myself, and um, I, I, then I would like turn the lights off, and I'd be like, "I'm actually literally kind of scared right now." <laughs> yeah, I, I was always was, like, as a kid, I was always afraid of that freaking. It was uh, chapter three, two, I believe, where he goes in the maze and the dogs are there. That shit's fucking terrifying. When you're going through the maze at Salazar's Dude, castle, I don't remember so, this. So as, it's, I, I really he, don't remember this. He comes this into well. this part of the castle where it's like a garden maze, like like the the walls are like plants and shit. But you have to go through the maze to get these like two puzzle pieces to open the door to the next part of the of the game. But in the maze. They release the freaking zombie dogs and they jump out from the bushes and just, dude, that's just literally the most now. fucking terrifying thing. Because like, there's this part where if like you've never played it before, you go down this long path where it's just a straight shot, and then one just jumps out right in front of you, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" and like you piss yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't do horror games. Uh, yeah. So, I'll be right back. anyways, anyways, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, um, I hope you guys. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm you're good, you're good. <laughs>
Okay, we are wrapping up now since I didn't hit record (laughs) after uh, Brandon just came back from the restroom. So uh, it's at Interpersonal Music. At Interpersonal Music on all streaming platforms. Can we... Uh, how how much from memory can we uh, identically say what we just said word for word? We're screwing it up right now. Oh man, we have uh, CDs. You have, have CDs. CDs. Yes. We have CDs. Five bucks. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. be there. We got all kinds of merch. Um, I'll yeah, definitely August seventh, we'll be playing at Sinkhole. Absolutely, we'll be there. We'll have a couple beers. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Sure. Well, Brandon. Yep. There's Chris. that one. I don't know why I just high-fived you and Chris bumped you, but... (laughs)